Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Donkey Very Much Taiwan's number one English language NBA podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're here in the heart of the combat zone. Your host, Sam Yarbs. With me, as always, my co host, the guy your girl tells you not to worry about, Mr. Matt Von Ryan. No worries. Derek Rose says, This year I'm playing for the league to see me. Next year, if people want to sign me, they got to double my salary. Double. Four point two million dollars. Oh. Double that salary. Oh, so so double he's gunning for the mid-level exception. Nice. Uh, he's gunning for Up that mid-level. Mid-level exception. <laughs> um, man, this is the eve of of the NBA season oh, starting. Man, we've been waiting so long. It's been a long time coming. We've had a lot of pods out previewing. We previewed over unders. We've previewed the NBA futures. We've looked at. We've even broken down with our buddy Luke, who owns the Portland Bar, how we think the the, the conferences will seed out in the playoffs. We've had so much preview, but the, the night it's like the night before Christmas, man. We're coming down to so it. So excited! I'm so excited about it. And and to share our excitement, this is going to be a positive pod. This is going to be a PP positive pod right now. All one of, this, of our few. This is one of few. We're not hating on anything right now. We're we're just sharing our excitement, our joy, going into the 2017 2018. NBA season. We're going to share with you guys in this podcast our top three storylines, our top three things that we are most excited for going into the NBA season. What are the top three things that you are most looking forward to enjoying, to watching night in and night out on League Pass, wherever we're at, watching and catching up on TVBS, whatever we got in the Taiwanese television right here. We're going to break down our top three things we're most excited for for the upcoming season. I'm excited for this podcast, Matt. Can I say that? Yeah, it's nice to have some positivity. We've been shitting on teams, taking their under, <laughs> betting against people for their MVP odds. It's nice to just look at, like, what are we really excited about? Why are we watching this? Why you are know, we here? Yeah. We started this podcast in June, right after the NBA season. Yeah. And now, it's, now we're actually going to talk about some basketball, and I'm excited for that. Finally, I couldn't be more proud. So we're going to break it down. We've got, our, we've got our top three things we're most excited for, ranked in order from three to one. We're going to start with the third, go down. Uh, in descending order, so we finish with the penultimate, what we're most excited about. Um, so, Matt, would you want to kick it off for us right now? What is the uh, the third thing that you are the most excited about heading into the upcoming season? Let's talk about it. I mean, this team always grabs the headlines, but always for the wrong reason. I'm trying to be positive about this team. I'm trying to be positive about the New York Knicks. And my Knicks. question is, Porzingis. Yes. You know, because he is their future, what they've said, but their actions, I think, are not really benefiting him because I yeah. think they're alienating him because I think they're trying to tank for a lower seed. They're not yeah. putting talent around him. You know, what does that do to a third-year guy? Third year, yeah. Third-year guy who skipped his exit meetings last year. No one no one ever skips their exit meeting. Peace, You, you can mail them in, but, like, you, you don't skip them. You get a pass from Phil Jackson as your general manager, but still, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, now you're, you're tanking in his third... Like, you know, is he going to... Is he going to see this as the the team doesn't think I'm the the franchise player? They need someone else? Yeah. You know, I just wonder, like, are they going to alienate Porzingis by being intentionally bad this year? Yeah. What what do you think? I think I think there's there's a high potential for that, man. The Knicks are, are, I would just hate to be a Knicks fan. I would hate to be a Knicks fan. You love a team that's built through the middle. You hear about this all the time. They're built through the middle. You got a point guard and a center who are going to, who are going to, uh, turn in place for you. Yeah. You're built for the future, and they do have theoretically Porzingis and Frankie Smokes, 
But I just, I, are, if you're a Knicks fan, are you excited for both those guys? Is that the center you want to be built through? And then you got Tim Hardaway at 74 million. It's uh, the decisions they made with their with in their off season were mind boggling. The return they got for Carmelo was very confusing. And like, if they're really going for full tank mode, then why are they paying Tim Hardaway this amount of money? It it it, it their, their team that seems to lack direction in general. And Kristaps is a is an exciting, exciting young player who I think is a, a big risk of being, as you put it, alienated by this team. Alienated and possibly walking, possibly signing the one year qualifying offer. And Rarely seen from rookies, yeah. I I feel like he's made enough money where like he just he just wants to be his own man. Yeah. And this team has pissed him off so many times, you know, with Carmelo, like not you know Carmelo hogging the ball and uh. coming to franchise, then switching now to this team where. I feel like, you know, even if you're a Knicks fan, like, what do you want? Like, do you yeah. want them to tank? Like, you, you kind of want that, right? I or, guess so, but the best... Or do you want to build around them? Sorry, just to say, like, you know, if, if there's that sentiment where people want to tank, then that, that's, a, that's a big shot to your star player, where yeah. you're saying you're not the franchise player. Yeah, you're, you, need, you need something else around. I mean, there's, within the first three years, there's the kind of... Um, creative tanking where you're just a bad team you're not you're not going out to lose but you're you're just a bad team you're not doing well and you, and you pick up better players and get draft picks as that goes along and you've seen that happen but entering the third year is kind of where like all right you, you're kind of looking to make your mark is it yeah. is Kristaps a player who can take a team to the playoffs by himself in this incredibly weak eastern conference is he that good because this is his third year and I, it's, it's kind of interesting you know, after his second year, Anthony Davis was having those kind of pressures applied to him. Mm-hmm. He was saying, well, if you're really one of the best players in the NBA, if you're really one the next guy, then you better be bringing your team to the playoffs, you know, putting your team on your back and taking them there. And that doesn't seem to be the expectation for Kristaps. And I think that um, I think that's fair given the situation he's been in, being drafted onto a team with, which, with Carmelo, their time frame made no sense no for Kristaps at all. It made Ridiculous. no sense at all. What a... Ridiculous situation. And if the Knicks do lose him after this short period of time, what a what a, what a fucked up franchise. Because what if, a waste of a decade. If you don't fuck up, like if you draft a rookie, like a, an all star, if you draft a a, a a potential franchise guy, you should have them for eight years. The rookie contract, and you get that five year extension to them before anyone else could offer them that money. And players take that. You know, they even you know that's why the Pelicans have had Davis for this long. You should have them for oh, close to seven or eight years unless you fuck up. Yeah. And if he walks after four, it'd be almost hilarious how bad they fucked up. Yeah, it'd be horrible. I mean, what would be the future of the franchise? I have no idea. Yeah. It'd be horrible. What do you think about the, the idea that the Knicks are kind of saying, are, are kind of uh, in the same boat of what you were mentioning, that they want to see like, okay, Porzingis, now is your team. We're not going to build around you yet. We're going to see. Can you get us the eighth seed? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then we'll build around you. What, do you think there's any bit of that? Like, they're trying to see how good he can be as the sort of franchise player? I mean, I, I would like that. I would like to give the Knicks, the Knicks that benefit of the doubt, but I just don't. I think that they Fuck jumped the at a Carmelo trade. I think they just fucked up. I think they just jumped at this Carmelo trade when they, when you know because they felt like it was time to get rid of him. They, they accepted a, a suboptimal package for him, and um and they totally fucked up the change in the guard. Like you said, he skipped his exit meeting. The change in the guard should have been like you know what like you know Zinger like we're gonna you're gonna be the guy next year. You're gonna at what point 
has anyone told him that he's going to be the guy? If he skipped his exit meeting, mm-hmm. and then they traded Carmelo in the offseason, like, he's never had, like, that, like, sit down where, like, all right, now you're the guy. Like, he right. has to just go into training camp knowing that he's going to be the guy. Right. That's a lot to ask for a young guy, yeah. to put that on yourself. Like, there's this... It seems like the organization has not been there to support him in the proper way. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not there day to day, but from the outside, it seems like this is how you fuck up a, a young potential franchise player. What do you think? Is Porzingis a potential franchise player? I think he is. I'm sorry for bringing it down. It's supposed to be a positive podcast. <laughs> it just, I have to look at the situation. This is what I'm most interested about is you know what direction is he going to take because I think he can be a franchise player. But, you know, I'm just really not sure they're giving him the right position. The last two years, they have not put him in the right position because, you know, he's a rookie. They shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. But I think he kind of accelerated faster than I thought he was going to. You know, a big, lanky guy from Europe, you know, maybe in his third or fourth year, he starts to kind of develop. Yeah. You know, he was good from day one. So yeah. I think it put him in a tough situation from day one. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, Sam, what are, you, what are you excited for about the season? One thing before we finish up on the Knicks. Can we both agree? Like, I think that this is something we both agree on. The NBA is better when the Knicks are good, or at least interesting. When New York is good, that's I, that makes the NBA more enjoyable to me. I think as long as they're chaotic, it's enjoyable. Oh, really? You like the... <laughs> I like I, the chaos. I haven't enjoyed this. As long as they're this. not boring. I haven't enjoyed this dysfunction. I like to see the Knicks being like a stable, good franchise. I like to see the Knicks be good again. Madison Square Garden is the home. That's the that's the mecca of basketball, man. I yeah, like but like that. last year, seeing Kyrie and LeBron doing the bottle flip challenge in MSG, like that's hilarious. Like here, it's such a West Coaster. You're such a you're like, like no, hilarious. like you just want Seattle to get a team. You want Vancouver to get their team. I think back. the Knicks should move to Seattle. <laughs> the Knicks should move to Vancouver. This is the New York Grizzlies. That's the uh, that's the, that's the new team. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, rid- ridiculousness. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Anyway, the the New York Knicks are back. Interesting first take. I like that. I didn't see that coming. Um, mine's a little broader. The first thing that I'm looking forward to, and I think this is um, this is something we've touched on in another podcast, but like, I like to try to, to go through it. Uh, one of the things, the third thing that I'm the most excited about for the upcoming year is watching familiar faces in new places. Ooh. Watching players integrate into the new teams, and I'm specifically thinking about three teams uh, who are integrating new players, the Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, and my Boston Celtics. A lot of new players on those teams. I'd like to quickly, if we can, maybe we could rapid fire go down. Uh, I just want to ask you, how do you think the fit is going to be for some of these certain teams? Can we start with Houston? How do you think Paul and Harden are going to fare together? I've been watching their preseason games. I think they play amazingly together. Like, you just, with Eric Gordon, they just have a three-man rotation. And as long as none of them get injured, they just... They just rotate in and out. And it starts off, you know, uh, CP3 and Harden, and then uh, Harden went out first, and Gordon came in, and then then uh, just, just a, a good rotation where pretty much actually all of them got the same amount of minutes, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Eric Gordon won the sixth man of the year. Yeah, and the year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's he, he kind of deserves these, you know, 35 minutes a game. Role. And, uh, yeah, I, I love their fit, actually. I, I think they both play off each other amazingly well. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit wonky, but it's not. Like I think it's a really smooth transition. Yeah, I like that. That's one that's very interesting to me to see. the um, Just the, the difference between players' perceptions and their actual personalities. Mm. Where you see Harden as being like the, the you know, the you know, runner-up to the MVP, dominant, 
player, certainly a dominant, but clearly not really a dominant personality. Is that fair to say? He's not <laughs> very a, passive. Yeah. He performs horribly yeah. in uh, pressure situations. And I don't care if he calls me a clown. I stand by it. Stand by it, yeah. Me and Kevin McHale, we're going to we're going to bat in this corner. Call me a clown as much as you want. So you're 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 optimistic about the uh, the the Paul Harden pairing. You think that's gonna be a, a nice fit? You know, when I was watching them play, I was thinking, man, if they had Carmelo, if they could have found a way to get Carmelo on this mm. team, I think this team is like this team needs good. they need they some ISO mellow. They need some hoodie mellow. I did because every player on this team chucks. I'm watching Montrez Harrell. I'm watching uh, uh, just. A reason I'm watching every single player chuck. Everyone stands behind the three point line. You know yeah. the middle area is open, and if Carmelo can get the open like, you know, shot just right at the elbows, mm-hmm. he makes that shot. So you know, so does Paul. Yeah, Paul. So does so Paul too. Yeah, Paul and Aldridge have been like for the last few years the the the, the predominant. Um, the outliers to the general NBA trend of CJ McCollum uh, as well. Yeah. CJ, yeah, no, an excellent long range two point shooter. Uh, and, you know, Paul and LaMarcus Aldridge and, and CJ, yeah. yeah. Interesting, the Blazers, you guys like those long range twos out west, don't you? I mean, if they're open, that's a good shot. Hot coffee and a two pointer for me, I'll take it. Oh, yeah, and a voodoo donut and maple bacon <laughs> to go, please. Um, the second team, uh, just uh, touching quick, uh, uh, maybe the most exciting, but I'm, I'm saving my boys for last. Oklahoma City Thunder, how do you see, how do you see George? Uh, Westbrook and Mello making it fit over there. You know, it's weird because I took their over, but the Carmelo fit is interesting because I think he's an overrated player. I think he's a little bit washed up. I, I don't know how much better he makes your team, but mm. I love Paul George on this team. Love Paul And George. I think even even though Paul George is in a contract year, I think he's not worried about it. Yeah. You know, I think he knows the max contract is out there. Yeah, first. he's a max guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he, a, yeah. yeah, so I, I think he's going to play a kind of a glue guy role and I think oh. Carmelo's going to chuck and score and I, you know I really like I like the fit I think it could get wonky this would be the yeah. team of those three that would least surprise me if things didn't work it out it wouldn't off, off, off the rails I could see this that's the, off you the think rails, that's but, the best bet to go off the rails then. but also I think they have the highest ceiling of. Well, I, I like the Celtics ceiling a little bit higher but I, I think uh, I think Oklahoma City's ceiling is higher than Houston's yeah what says you I, th- I, I I agree. I think that, actually, I see Houston as a little more likely to go off the rails. I don't know. Mm. Just Harden. I don't know. Harden, yeah. I'm just, like, I'm higher. I'm high on Melo, low on Harden. You clown. Which probably would make me a bad general manager. <laughs> like, I'm high on Melo. I like Melo. I don't think that he's coming into there. I don't think he has anything to prove in in OKC. You know, like, a lot of people, I've heard people talking about, like, the... the that, that Melo will be the, the secondary ball handler and that, that George will take the third wheel role? I think no way. I think no I think you get these guys in the court, you're just going to see George as a different animal. He's, just, he's, 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 a, he's in his prime, whereas Melo is clearly a little bit past his prime. Like He's still like a great player, a great scorer. I think Melo becomes... Yeah, but Paul George is going to pass when he gets the ball. Yeah. Pass and shoot. I think Melo's just gonna shoot. Just gonna shoot. You think he's gonna? How, how long until Russ just like clocks him? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel like uh, I feel like the Harden person. Russ, like I've never heard any of Russ's teammates except for Kevin Durant not love playing with Russ. Like you know, those guys were all like, the cat on his back. Yeah, they were all on his back. So I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Uh, two teams uh, working to to mix new pieces in, make some uh, make something happen. Very exciting. Speaking of a th- team that. Uh, has three new starters, I believe. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Uh, three or four? Is it four? If Baines is starting, he'll be he'll be new. Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are new. 
probably uh, Horford will still be starting, and I imagine there'd be another holdover from maybe I don't know who's gonna be starting for the Celtics. Then maybe Smart. Uh, yeah. Probably so probably three they new starters. Smart, yeah. Yeah, they should. He's been yeah, lost twenty pounds. Is he vegan too? Everyone's fucking vegan now. They're all losing weight. Um, yeah. Except for you and I, we're gaining it. Yeah, we're getting weight. We're, we're, we're going eating, against the trend. We're eating the Some people playing small ball. We're, we're going big. We're going big. We're like Isaiah Thomas drafted to fucking Eddie Curry. We're getting. We're getting. We're, we're going real big. Um, uh, how about the Celtics team? What do you see as the uh, as the upside or the downside? What do you think is going on with them integrating these new players? I mean, it's really interesting that Isaiah Thomas <laughs> recruited G- Gordon Hayward to be the the star of the franchise. Yeah. And then uh, he got shipped out for Kyrie, who is now the face of the franchise. Oh I mean, yeah. Like, oh yeah. My jersey's is on the way. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Hayward is a, a, a much you know he's a way above average defender. He's really good on yes. defense. Yes. And. His offense is pretty good. Kyrie is like shucking that white guy su- reputation. <laughs> superstar, superstar, elite offense. So I, I just see this team working really well together. I watched them in preseason a couple times. I'm amazed how well they've clicked offensively. Their defense, you know, sucks, but like it looks like they've been playing together for like ten years. Like this team clicks together so well. Oh. I, I think. I think they're just going to steamroll so many teams. And the, yeah. the defense is not even going to be a question until playoffs. Till the playoffs. I'm not yeah. even saying it's going to be an issue. I'm saying it's not going to be a question. Like, no one's going to talk about it. They're just going to steamroll the league. I like them way over. I'm glad I got the... Got the yeah, you got, them in the, you got them in our wins pool. I can't, and I had the first pick. I took the cast. Man, not feeling happy about that. Um, yeah, this team has looked great. What do you think of Kyrie with the high white socks? You like that look? I didn't see that. It was interesting. I didn't say, I, He's I, doing the white jersey it. with the high white socks. It's, inter- it's an interesting look. He's doing I like it. it. It's, it's kind of like Boston style, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, the, the high whites, yeah. Like, it's like Larry Bird. Not his playing days, like now. Like, Larry Bird wears these kind of socks. The high white socks, yeah. Larry Bird walking around the front office. <laughs> Why are you still wearing those short shorts, Larry? Come on. And the Curry threes or whatever. Those the Curry. Ugly, oh, horrible, the ugly shoes. Curry's up to four now. They had to release the four super quick because the threes were so <laughs> ugly. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, so nice I, like I like the Kyries. I like the Kyries. Have you seen the Kyries? I haven't seen them. No. The Kyries are pretty dope. I like the, the Kyries. I like with some Kyries. Yeah. You know, Draymond Green has his own like uh, not his own line, but he's the sponsor for like one of these other ones. They're like these knit top ones. They're the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. Draymond's shoes are my least favorite. For which brand? Uh, they're Nikes. They're Nikes. Nike knits. Nike. They're like yeah, they're called like the Nike Flex Knit or something like that. I don't know. They're they're. Horrible. Kyrie's are dope. Their other sponsor is uh, Larry Bird's wife. She actually knits them. She's a, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's in French she lick on the front porch. Like, yeah, me and Draymond, come here. We work together. Uh, yeah. All right. So yeah, um, that's one of the things I'm most excited about is watching like these new players integrate on new teams. All right, we're on to number two. What is the uh, the second most uh, exciting thing for you in the upcoming season? This one. This one is really interesting. You know, I took the Cavs under before Dwayne Wade went there. Mm. And as much as I think Dwayne Wade is uh, past his prime, overrated, raped his hometown team. You got $40 million for one year for his hometown team. Like, 40 million. Where's the discount for 40 him? million. I think he really <laughs> exploited that team. But the Cavs got him for free. He's on a veteran minimum. Rose is on a veteran minimum. Apparently, Wade was not going to go to the Cavs mm-hmm. unless he was guaranteed a starting roster spot. Really? That was part of the deal, yeah. Amina Hassan reported that uh, just recently. <laughs> After uh, Tyloo named uh, Dwayne Wade the starter. The starter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> named. But apparently, uh, also, uh, 
Kevin Love's at the five, which yeah. uh, LeBron came out and said, like, that was my idea, and Tyloo came out and said, no, that was my idea. It's a pretty interesting. healthy logger. I want to see how the Cavs lineup works mm. when you have Derrick Rose, uh-huh. who last year scored, like, 18 points a game and was yeah. a chucker, who should not have been on Porzingis' team. Yeah. That's another horrible decision to put on Porzingis' team, a guy who takes the shot away from him. Dwayne Wade, who thinks he's still an all-star, who mm. demands to be a starter on any team, wouldn't he be great on as a sixth man? Mm. And then, of course, LeBron. And yes. then, uh, see, so they have Rose, Wade, LeBron, and then Kevin Love's at the five. Who's at the three? I guess Shumpert, maybe? The, I, 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 no, you just named the three. So it's Wade, Wade Rose, and, and LeBron with three. So... So loves the so, five. Loves the five. I, I think LeBron's the four. So, on this new team, the starting lineup. I, it's I, not Jr. Jr. No, Jr. is sitting benched, for a... which is horrible. Like who you, is the you, other you need shooting. I, I think it's Shumpert. It's not Thompson. Thompson's the six. Talking about winning six man of the year, Shumpert. Then I guess. Yeah, I think it's Shumpert. So here's here's my thing that I'm kind of excited, but I'm also a little bit scared because I think Kevin Love might end up with less field goal attempts than Rose and Wade. Yeah. I, I think this team was promised to be his team this year. Like, here, mm-hmm. this is the year we give the, the keys over to uh, Love. This is what yeah. Tyloo said. LeBron and Tyloo both have claimed that they decided to make Love the five, the <laughs> focal point. You know, Love is a really good player, and I kind of feel he's a little bit of a hostage on this team. Yeah. I really wish he got traded to, like, Denver and he could just dominate again because yeah. I think he's really good and he's slimmed down. I think he'd be great. I think on this team, he's not going to get good passes. He's going to get, like, post-up passes where it's like, Kevin Love, it's your turn. Yeah, he, your turn. He, yeah, the kind of your turn, shot, my turn like, thing, yeah. In the post, yeah. and you turn and, like, you bank it and you shoot whatever, 40%. Like he used to operate from the high post. That was his, that was his yeah, money that's spot. What he that's what he like, yeah. it, it, should do. He should be run, surrounded by shooters, surrounded by passers, like, you know, LeBron is, and D-Rose is okay, whatever. But, like, J.R. Smith should be with the starting lineup. I, I, I really, I'm just curious to see how it works. Yeah. They actually have an embarrassment of riches. I probably shouldn't have taken their under. I don't know if they have an embarrassment. I don't know if I'm embarrassed about those riches. Twin Wade and Derek Gross for what's the, three. What's the optimal year for that starting lineup to be amazing? 2012? If that's 2012, you got Rose, Wade, LeBron, and Kevin Love. That's amazing. I'll just say Derek Rose that's last amazing. year got paid $24 million. Yeah. Dwayne Wade last year got paid $40 million. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're both veterans minimum, which yeah. means the NBA pays like 40% of their salary. It's insane. It just, I, it's insane. I, I think it's a... Uh, I'm really curious just to see how it shakes out. I'm just, I'm really, yeah. I'm really curious to see if if love is really the focal point and we're turning over the keys to him, yeah. which I don't think it's gonna happen. Or it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it. Or, you know, if if Wade keeps insisting he's a starter when, I, I don't see when why he's a starter. The evidence is in the contract. First thing I love is the is the the West Coast guy taking your top two things you're excited for: East Coast teams, New York and Cleveland. I love that. West Coast is is leaving his his hometown. Coming over to the east, um, yeah, I don't the, the 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 Cavs, the situation is so strange because obviously like you know Tyron Lewis the coach, but the dominant force in the team is LeBron James. He is the he is the one who's you know shaping decisions, calling his own out of bounds plays apparently, you know, calling his own number when he wants to. Uh, it's that's, uh, that's why Tyler is such a perfect coach for this team. 
Because he's not a coach. He's not a coach. David Blatt had opinions. <laughs> yeah, David, David Blatt's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and your opinions can fuck right off, David Blatt. It was um, and so it's it's so, it's so interesting to watch how they're gonna how they're gonna manage this because who is gonna manage this? It's not you know the coach. It's almost like the coach is secondary to LeBron, but LeBron with the other players, especially guys of like Rose and Wade's like caliber and legacy, guys that he's been in wars with before. Is LeBron gonna be able to keep? the grip on that team to do what's necessary to get Kevin Love those touches that we talked about because Kevin Love should be getting more shots than Rose and Wade and you're absolutely right that's a huge risk they might not that's a, that's a super interesting one to watch uh, this team like I mean yeah I don't know I can parlay this into uh, the second thing that I'm most excited about for yeah, the upcoming here. NBA season is the LeBron James redemption tour wow okay. I think that um the more I've looked at the odds, even with the odds, like even as the outright favorite, I think that the MVP is LeBron James to lose. Wow. I think that this is the year with Kyrie having left, with just the the number of NBA finals he has made consecutively throughout all the different teams, where I think it's just like, it's just the year where like people like give him like you get the lifetime achievement award type like it's like yeah. Martin Scorsese winning for The Departed. No one really thinks The Departed was Martin Scorsese's best movie, but like Jesus Christ, this guy's been making great movies for thirteen years. We gotta fucking recognize or him. Every year, people say Coach of the Year should be Popovich. Exactly. I think this is the Popovich Coach of the Year award. This mm. is the Martin Scorsese Oscar for The Departed. I think this is the year. I think this is the year the LeBron James narrative is time to recognize this guy's greatness. Where Because sports writers are really cognizant of this stuff about how many years a guy has left. Yeah. But how we need to appreciate his prime and things like that. And maybe this might be the year where he starts to show little signs of slipping. And which will, I think will make the sports letters write these these eulogies to his greatness. In in you know I think that Le, I think that LeBron James MVP is mm. even at even odds is a fucking good bet. I think. Do you know that, what the odds are? We looked at it before, right? It was a plus two fifty maybe or something like that. Holy Kevin Durant shit. was he was the favorite. Kevin Durant was four to one. Kevin Durant was four to one, and that was on my best bets. Only best bets, yeah, yeah. Go back, listen to the future pods. We're gonna make you some money. Yeah, future pod was was good. I think he was between two and a half to three to one. I don't remember Holy exactly. Shit. He's the favorite for MVP, and I think rightfully so. I think you, I think those are good odds to take him at. He hasn't um, won in four years though. Like he hasn't won in four years, which is why I think like. He's one of the few guys we can say he's due to, and that actually makes sense to talk about him as. Um, I would take LeBron James over the field in a 50-50 bet for MVP. I think that just I think this is the year the media narrative is going to flip towards him. You've seen the way, like, there's nothing about him coming into the season. If he comes out and it, and it's his normal LeBron James self, and they're steamrolling without Kyrie. I think there's no way this doesn't flip to how have we not talked about how great this guy is the last few years. People love the Warriors, but guess what? The Warriors have been great for like three years now. They won 70 games two years ago. You know, they might come out and win 70 again and, and rewrite the narrative, but I think narrative, the narrative, the sports writer-driven narrative is LeBron James' redemption tour. And I'm excited for that. That's one of the things I'm, I'm not just talking about what thing I'm going to think. I'm excited for that to happen. We should recognize LeBron James' greatness. We are watching the careers... There's so much like every coming up had to like, compare him to MJ and like is he gonna be as good as MJ and stuff and it almost took away from just appreciating the fact that he's one of the top five best basketball players ever and we're growing up in our prime of our life watching him in his prime of his life. I mean, this could be a little bit of like a Kobe tour as well, except we're seeing it in the prime. Mm. You know, because after this he could go to like 
you know, LA team and start pursuing off-season yeah. stuff where he's you know not as committed to basketball. This could be his last great season. Like it, mm. it, it could be out like that. Where, yeah. You know, this is sort of his his tour goodbye. Like I'm the greatest of all time, but now I'm not gonna kill myself training to to show you. I'm just gonna show you this year. Great point. Like right, if he's on a team next year with Paul George, is that the year where finally we're like. LeBron's no longer the best player on his team. Yeah. Next I, year, I, I I think he maybe probably still better than <laughs> He's still good. I think come he's playoffs, so he becomes the best player. But I think yeah. regular season, he doesn't want to be the best player. Yeah. I think that's his goal. And with and Kyrie had, leaving, yeah, that's what makes yeah, it so interesting. Yeah, I was saying he had he had his uh his perfect plan with Kyrie, but uh, Kyrie bolted. So uh, yeah. Sips. So we're down to the number one, the number one things we are most excited for coming into the offseason. I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped for both of these. So, so, as you know, the Warriors have already won the championship. Yeah. They already won it. They already got it. Like, yeah. Do you see they, they won the Larry O'Brien 2018 trophy? Yeah, I saw the ESPN said, SB Nation said, everyone said, the, you know, Stan Van Gundy said, like, the, the Warriors have already won it. So yeah, Draymond no just sent me a, a dick pic right now. Yeah. His dick is wrapped around the Larry O'Brien trophy. It's an amazing picture. No, Sam. The, the season is long. And I'm, exi- I'm excited to see who's going to counter the Warriors' style. Because every style has a counter style. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, just style X, you can choose a kung fu style or a basketball style or, style or a, a soccer style, whatever. There's always a counter style. It yeah. just matters of, like... Can the team who's implementing the style stay ahead of the curve? Right. I'm excited to see which team can go big against the Warriors. Nice. And I really am not a fan of the Pelicans, but I really hope that they can work it out with Marcus oh, Cousins oh, and Davis. Like, if oh, they can get that, trade, trade a future pick to get a, some good wings, you know? Like, trade with Denver. Give them, give them your, like, you know, couple, like, future picks. First round picks unprotected to get like Wilson Chandler and, yeah. and Fareed and like just just stock up your bench Roy and Hibbert. your roster. Yeah, right here. <laughs> triple towers. Triple towers. <laughs> triple towers. Play them all through. Yeah. Can you imagine this play zone defense? <laughs> Hibbert's the three. Yeah, they just they just this literally just a mountain of people. Yeah. Uh, another one is the Nuggets. You know they have Millsap, Jokic. Like that, I love me some Nuggets. Yeah. You know the Warriors are putting out. You know, they do have Draymond and <laughs> KD, which is pretty formidable, but there's not a lot of size there. And if they need to go size, they're looking at, like, some uh, goofy JaVale McGee guys. And, like, you know, just, they don't really have the talent if you're going to punish them yeah. going big. And I really want to see a team do that. I want to see yeah. a team punish them. I'm really hoping for that. Where it's just a conflict of style. I just want to see two styles fighting. Yeah. Not, Everyone trying Stylistic to chase. Stylistic match, yeah. Like, hey, we'll be more small ball than the Warriors. Like, exactly. That's, you're going to lose. That's what Go drives me crazy, man, about the about what's been happening. And, um, and the point's been made across different mediums that I've seen, but I haven't seen it really hammered home, is that the, 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 exactly what you said. The teams are trying to out-warriors the Warriors. Yeah. So what are the two, in your opinion, Matt, Like, and this is a loaded question because I already have my answers ready, what are the two teams you think that have given the Warriors the most trouble over the run of their dynasty? Portland. <laughs> yeah, you need Lillard and McCollum, and preferably a Serbian. Portland or whatever the Portland's G League team is. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, uh, the, 
The, I, I I don't know, but I mean Portland plays them close. The Tacoma <laughs> River Warriors, whatever like that. I think that that's the, a good team. If it's not a team, let's invest on in this team. The two teams I would say would be would be the Cavaliers in in their finals matchups, and the uh, and the and the Oklahoma City Thunder with Durant in that playoff series. They went to they went to six. I thought that was gonna be a deeper cut there. No, that's it. <laughs> to know who they played in the finals in Western Conference. Finals. Yeah, that's it. No, those, those teams. Well, like that's it because they only play those teams. Yeah, they only right. get challenged at that level. They're that good. Like they yeah. only get challenged at that level. And what hey, if the Portland almost teams? forced a game five? Okay, okay, yeah. They good. almost avoided. Portland's got way more time than they need in this podcast. They almost avoided. What do those teams have in common? Is that they had? Uh, you talked about size, and I want to talk, change the size to length. Ooh, yeah. Length. Length and versatility and ability, like you know, this is a this is a pick and roll heavy team. Teams that can switch. If you can switch against the Warriors, you're already like Tristan Thompson being able to switch in the NBA Finals was was game changing. Because normally people like when they switch, they exploit those mismatches. Either Draymond or Curry is is roasting whoever has been switched onto them. And the length of the Oakland City Thunder was so bothersome to them that it put them out of their style, where they're no longer the, the, the defensive pressure that was being put on them. The other team didn't need to out-warriors them on offense. They needed to just be a competent offense, but be a top-five defensive team. Teams that have had length, offensive rebounding, crashing the board, uh, rim protection, those are the things that have bothered the Warriors. Teams that are, that are longer, rangier than them. They don't have to be better offensive players, but they have to be as a unit, more cohesive and bigger, and just envelop them in the half court. And if you can do that against the Warriors, that's the model. And the sad thing is you've kind of seen teams have moved away from this. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder are no longer that team. Paul George is a great defensive player, but none of the, aside from Roberson, there's no other guys like that who have that length and that athleticism to challenge the Warriors then in and out. Tristan Thompson's six-man, so he's going to be playing against... The Warriors' backup units getting offensive, cheap offensive rebounds against players that don't really matter, um, and so I think that I think that that almost of itself helps the Warriors, guarantees them a title, like barring that. injury. Yeah, we covered it. That's it. I got. Oh, I my my top. My, oh. my top. The thing that I am most excited for for the upcoming NBA season. You're pretty excited about mine. <laughs> I like it. I, I thought it was yours. You were so excited about it. I thought it might be. I took it away. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I ran, no, ran no, that. No, I ran that. Yeah. I, I the fumble. It was the fumble. I it to you, and you were excited. I love the little it. Statue of Liberty. It's like oh, I'm taking it. I'm taking it to the house. Um, the other thing I'm most excited about, Matt, because the, 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 uh, there's too many games to watch for this race. The bottom half of the Western Conference playoffs. Hmm. We all seem to think, and it's been generally decided upon four across to the top four. Five to eleven are um, are, are, are pretty set. We've got the, we ourselves the Spurs, we ourselves the Golden State Warriors, the Houston Rockets, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Seven teams fighting for four spots: the Utah Jazz, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Minnesota Tumber, Timberwolves, Timberwolves, the Den- the Denver they might be Nuggets, down. the Portland Trailblazers, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Those seven teams. There's only four playoff spots for those teams. How this should not even just which teams is makes me so excited, but how it shakes out makes me so excited. So Sam, how does this go down? Can I tell you my just off the list most excited about the season? It was my number four choice. I wanted to include it, but I didn't. Which other team goes all in? Because we've seen a lot of teams. Mm. Houston, Oklahoma City, go all in. You know, during the trade deadline, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of sellers. A lot of, te- a lot of teams trying to tank. That means a lot of players up for grabs. What 
other team goes all in. So that, I think that's really interesting. Maybe it's like, the Mavericks, something like that. Like you it, see some. It like, could be the Mavericks. It could be the Phoenix Suns are a little ahead of schedule. Maybe <laughs> I wasn't thinking that far down. Who knows? Marquis Chrysalis is way. You never know. Yeah, Lonzo is nuts. Yeah. I actually think it's gonna come from this five to eleven slot where you know do, do the Blazers or do the Nuggets. Or do the oh, Clippers. one of these teams yeah, make a move to like, go all in. I, I see. Sorry. I, I, yeah. Like, <laughs> You're like, fuck off with the sun. <laughs> <laughs> the sun's like, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you like George John Bender? Right yeah. There, right? <laughs> yeah, 12 years from now. Yeah. I, I think these, I think there's going to be a lot of teams like, uh, you know, who are willing to give away like uh, Nikola Vucevic or uh, Alfred Payton, just give up on their... The magic, basically. <laughs> give up on their, on their roster. Yeah. Or you know they, they signed Vince Carter or Zach Randolph and they're just they don't want to pay them anymore. I think a lot of teams like trying to get rid of these contracts come the middle of the season, come like the trade deadline, and yeah. I think there's going to be another team who goes all in, and yeah. it, it could be from the Eastern Conference too. You know, it could be the Wizards, it could be the Bucks. I think there's going to be the Wizards. Too. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the questions I was thinking about putting in my top three or my top four of. Who else is going to join this arms race? Yeah. And so yeah, like going to, yeah. yeah, just going back to your point. That's I think, right. The trade deadline. We've already, that, like we're so excited about this offseason. We haven't realized that like you know the trade deadline is still that's a that's a time. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the time to make moves. And and you know the thing is it could be amongst this group of the five to eleven where these people get moved. You know. I think it might be the Clippers. I think they're like, really good. Oh. I think they're a team that can punish people who. Who on the the Warriors can guard DeAndre Jordan? This wow. dude is a lob machine. Wow. You know, you, you get a little more talent on this team. It, you know, a superstar becomes available. I really like them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting to me. All right, if you had a gun to your head, uh, who are the four that are making the playoffs out of the seven? Uh, I think the Clippers for sure. I think they're really deep. Clips. Gun to the head. Ah. My first question would be like, why, why do you care so much about the playoffs? Why are you willing to kill hey, me? Hey, man, hey, man. Shut the fuck up, motherfucker. Just choose I, I, three more saying, teams. You already said Clippers. I'm just saying. Don't ask me these emotional questions after you've already picked Blake Griffin and Co. I, I think the Nuggets for sure. I think the Timberwolves are just so talented they have to be in. Well, now, now as you take the safety off, the fourth pick, <laughs> now you click it back. Before <laughs> I was scared, but now I'm really scared. Yeah. I, I think it's the Blazers, but... Yeah, I like three or four. I like. Uh, <laughs> can I, don't I like... Guess, can I guess the one you don't like? Yeah, please. I'm guessing it's Portland. No, I like Portland. I oh, like Portland. Sure. I think I think Lillard and McCollum are too talented. I like Lillard for uh, top scorer for the year. Uh, Timberwolves. I, I think Timberwolves are way, you know, best defensive coach, twenty seventh best defense in the league. You know, like yeah. I think they. I think I, I'm not that high on Jimmy Butler. I'm not a big. I'm not a big T Wolves guy. Wow. The whole seventeen game jump. Uh, I like uh, I like the three teams you mentioned, and I like the I like the Utah Jazz slightly wow. above the Pelicans. I like the Jazz slightly above the Pelicans. They're just well coached. The they execute. They do things well, and they have a huge home court advantage. They have a huge home court advantage. Uh, like people come to, to to Utah, like it was talked about. Yeah, like, you know, the teams come to Utah. They just win a lot of games at home, and they do well at home, and uh, and, and they they're well coached and well executed, and that those things aren't true of, of well T Wolves. I would I don't know if they're well coached. Is Thibodeau a, good, a great coach? I'm I'm not sure. He was great in in media loves him. 
You know, that's why I like, I like his odds as coach of the year if they do make the playoffs. That's a nice little bet, plus 2,200. Uh, Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, 22 to 1 odds. On that's that. pretty good. Yeah, I like that's one of my best bets for that. Hedge your bets. I got Pop and Thibodeau. I think I'm winning coach of the year one way or the other for sure. Um, yeah, Qu- so that's. Quinn Snyder just sneaks in. Quinn Snyder, well, Quinn Snyder had odds to be first coach fired. He was one of the top five odds. How could he get fired? fired? Not a chance. Alvin Gentry, uh, I love that one. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, what are you guys excited about for the upcoming NBA season? Let us know. Uh, thank you very much, Pod at gmail.com. Thank you very much, our Facebook page. Thank you very much at um, Twitter. Uh, hit us up on those. What are you What are you excited to see in this upcoming NBA season? Uh, those are the three things that we're the most excited about. This has been a great preview. I can't wait for the season to start. Matt, what do you got for me? I can tell you what Curry's excited about. Curry's got a feet fetish, according to his wife, Aisha Tyler. Or, sorry, Aisha Curry. Aisha Tyler, yeah. Aisha Curry. She went on a talking show, I don't know, some blah, 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 morning ladies show. And she, said, uh, lady she said her wife, sorry, her husband, I'm fucking this up. Her husband has a foot fetish. And every time Stephen Curry asks his wife to send him nudes, he sends him a picture of his feet. Every single foot on the line reference just nothing, got better for the upcoming NBA season. Nothing to add to that except for that she actually said that on TV. When, when my husband asked me to send nudes, I sent pictures of my feet. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's how I hit it up. This has been Dunky Very Much. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we're coming up on, our, uh, on the season opener. Please join so us excited. in the review. I can't wait for it. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. This is Thank You Very Much, Taiwan's number one NBA English language NBA podcast. Good night, motherfuckers.